Welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO at NextGen Agri International, where we help livestock managers to get the best out of their stock. I want to take this opportunity to thank our friends at MSD Animal Health and Allflex for sponsoring Head Shepherd again this season. And I'm also excited to introduce our mates at Heinegger as brand new sponsors of the show. MSD and Allflex, or perhaps better known as Cooper's Animal Health in Australia, offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios with a comprehensive suite of animal health and management products connected through identification, traceability and monitoring solutions. Like us, they see how the wealth and breadth of information born out of this podcast can help them and their farming clients achieve their mission of the science of healthier animals. Heineken will need a little introduction to our audience, a market leader and one-stop shop for wool harvesting and animal fibre removal, together with an expanding range of agricultural products and inputs. The Heineken name is synonymous with quality, reliability and precision. The Heineken team have a deep understanding of livestock agriculture, backed by Swiss engineering and a family business dedicated to manufacturing the best. It's fantastic to have both of these sponsors supporting us in bringing Head Shepherd to you each week. And now it's time to get on with this week's episode. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. Fantastic to be back on board for 2023. We, uh, yeah, slight change in format. We're really excited to have our new sponsors, as you will have just heard in the intro. But, uh, yeah, we've got Mark Rag on this week. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Norm. Good, mate. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll... We're uh, looking forward to having a chat about about transition from rumbling to to final wool and and all sorts of things. But I thought we might start with just your background, how you ended up, I guess, in in farming farming sheep and where all that stemmed from. Uh, grew up on on a uh, well, actually it was a pig farm down below Ashburton, and parents sort of sold that and bought um, uh, sort of cropping and pig farm. In uh, above Ashburton, and then moved closer again to the hills into Mount Summers. That was all uh, sort of fairly intensive sheep and beef with a handful of pigs. Dad couldn't quite let them go. Um, and uh, and then from there they bought, um, they sold that, and bought uh, we fourteen hundred hectares in the Melbourne Hills up in Whitecliffs is where we are now. And so I we I. Left school and actually went building for a year. Got itchy feet. Decided I need to go dog walloping. So went up the uh, Ashburton Gorge and worked on Mount Arrowsmith for a couple of years for Eric and Sally Smith and Philip Wearing. And then uh, from there I went to Molesworth, did a season there, and then a bit of casual around sort of Mount Summers and bits and pieces, a bit of fencing contracting. Uh, the lady decided to entice me to the Wairapa, so I, she was studying in Wellington, and I just always wanted to work in the North Island anyway, so I went up and worked for uh, Derek Daniels on White Rock Station out on the South Wairapa coast, which was Romney country, and uh, and then from there, we we found, that was about when we found this place in Melbourne Hills, so I came home, and here we are, been here for about eight years. Yeah, cool. So just for those who don't know New Zealand very well, we're sort of an hour and a half west of Christchurch, not quite an hour and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's quite yeah. good. It uh, feels like you're in the middle of nowhere, but it's actually not all that far to the International Airport, so it's quite handy. Yeah, excellent. And I guess maybe for those who don't understand Molesworth, probably just worth explaining the extent of that that place. Uh, yeah, so it's... Probably not all that big compared to some of the Australian places, but it's the biggest farm in in uh, New Zealand. It's all cattle, 
uh, pretty much all horseback work and a good crew. Yeah, it's run, you know, nice and traditionally. So you've out at the homestead, there's quarters and a cook shop and uh, a couple of camps and about sixteen huts that you spend most of the time gallivanting around and yeah, mustering cattle. Good times. <laughs> yeah, any uh, many of. Young Shepherd has spent some good good time up there. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, yeah, so I guess if we focus in on on Steventon and uh, yeah, so the home farm, the new home farm, and and how it's operating now. So it's obviously definitely a family family affair. Yeah. So mum and dad are definitely still involved, um, and my older brother is here on the farm as well. And we've had a shepherd now for oh, almost a year, trying to. The idea of having a shepherd was to try and get dad step back a wee bit. Yeah, so it's, it's bloody good having family on the farm with us and we all get on well and, yeah, works works really well, actually. Cool. And, yeah, so I guess we first met at a, at a workshop in Cheviot, I think, where I was doing some work with New Zealand Marino, sort of talking to people about transitioning to a final wall genotype. That was the main reason I moved to New Zealand in the first place was to, I guess, help develop the genetics that could do it and then and then try and put talk people into into actually taking it up. So obviously there was Wiry Romney's on the place when I met you and then somehow you decided to make the plunge to to get into farmer. What was what were the motivations I suppose? And yeah. Um, so I think I um dad thought I was wildly mad but um managed to drag him along to to the workshop and after that he was convinced just uh, listening to you and a few other people um, from NZM and whatnot about uh, what's happening with breeding values and the progress that they're making with feet. And because I think on our property, we uh, a long time ago they'd tried merinos, but the feet just fell apart. We're pretty extensive hill country, but our developed intensive country is very heavy clay downs and stays pretty wet all winter and pretty summer safe. So it's Pretty hard on feet when they're down on the paddocks. Um, so feet was probably our biggest pr- biggest worry, and I guess also production. So we still wanted to hang on to good lambing rates and uh, weaning weights and things. And that was always a bit of a worry when you start talking about fine wool sheep. But yeah, the certainly that workshop opened our eyes to the potential and, and what was what was possible. A quick interruption here to remind you of Head Shepherd Premium and our consulting services at NextGen Agri International. If you love this podcast and want to hear more of them, visit thehub.nextgenagri.com and sign up for Head Shepherd Premium and get an extra podcast each week. If you're listening to this and thinking you really do want to maximise the genetic gain of your livestock and feel more confident around the decisions you're making on farm, then send me an email at mark at nextgenagri.com and we'll get in touch and see, see where that takes us. Yeah, cool. And so we, uh, yeah, from there, uh, we probably haven't explained the Southern Cross sort of genotype maybe on Ed Shepherd before. We certainly have on the internal podcast, but it's a composite farm wall shape that's focused very heavily on on uh, foot rot breeding bays and dag breeding bays and whack breeding bays and sort of all the things that you need for a, to entice a, a Romney farmer to take on a take on a farm wall genotype. And the yeah, so obviously they've probably come from from Cleardale over that that period of time. But I guess yeah, what were the 
how long ago was that? We're three years in, are we? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we've joined three three times now with the quarterbred Rams. Yeah, and so yeah, I guess how's it going? What's the what's the worst thing that's happened and the best thing that's happened? Maybe. Uh, I think probably I guess starting with the the poorer things is uh, there's quite a bit of variation in the lambs coming through when they're coming out of a Romney U. Just I guess it's sort of first cross syndrome. Um, variation in wool, variation in size, things like that. But haven't had a single issue with feet. Definitely hasn't been a problem at all. Um, weaning weights have pretty much been the same, if not climbed a wee bit last or better than last year. Last year was a particularly bad year for lambs here. It was wet and cold all spring. But pretty happy with this this year's weaning weights um, and wool's just sort of getting better again out of the Romney ewes. So there's still um, a few lambs coming out of Romney ewes and then we've got tutors and hoggets that are all at least first cross that lambs coming out of those as well and, and they're certainly on the, on the finer side than the straight out of the Romneys. But, and I think the further we get into it, the, the more even they're coming through. Uh, we weaned all our second cross lambs sort of together this year, and, and they they were a nice even line of lambs. It wasn't anywhere near as many in the bottom end as what there was coming out of the Romney ewes. So I guess it's just transitioning. It's just part of it, and you've just got to grin and bear it until you sort of get enough through it that that you're starting to make a little progress. Yeah, I guess that's the. Uh, the wool market sort of has definitely hasn't changed over that period in terms of yeah strong wool still still very much struggling and um, I guess once we're starting to see some of that wool get under 25 26 microns starting to get a bit of money for that for that wool check yeah absolutely the even in our first the first year we did it we um it was a good enough year to sort of hang on to most of our lambs and so we had the opportunity to share sort of uh, must have been about 4,000 uh, first cross lambs and even in that first cross they went from probably $2.50 we're getting for Romney lambs wool to almost $10 a kilo for the, for that first crop wool. So I know you don't get a lot off a lamb but whether it's a Romney lamb or a half-bred lamb, it's the same amount. So it certainly helped with paying the shears and it's just getting better even the the um, first cross hoggets as a yearling was still sort of twenty six micron, so a lot better than a, a strong wool sheep. Cool, and it's interesting that I guess everyone would expect anything with merino, and it's going to well first they expect the feed to fall off, but the foot the breeding value is is working its its magic on that. But they also expect the growth rate to be less, and it's interesting that you haven't found that. And I know that yeah, I guess as a just to clarify, you're pretty well into EID and love a bit of data, so you're not just making that up. It's actually actually measured. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep, weaning. We just keep track of weaning weight um, every year, just an overall weaning weight. So that that takes into account all our terminals, all our hoggets, just basically every fa- every sheep on the farm, and it's it hasn't changed. It's uh, well, not dramatically anyway. And, and like I said, this year's actually up two kilos on last year. 
and I haven't seen a, a foot rot sheep yet. And last spring was very, very wet. Earlier this spring was quite wet. We're having a pretty wet summer. There's plenty of grass around, and um, we haven't seen a haven't seen a lumpy sheep. So yeah, pretty pretty pleased with how those breeding values are working. Yeah, and I think it's where people might hear Canterbury and think it's nice and dry and lovely for sheep, but it is like you're sort of parked up against the mountains pretty well, and it can can be plenty of fog and mist and uncomfortable conditions in in there. Yeah, yeah, our rainfall's about a meter a year, um, and like I said, very heavy downs that they're running on, especially the lambs. Anyway, are running a lot of the time on. On those clay downs, which is never never very good for feet, but they've held up well. Yeah, cool. So we're what are we going through on next week? We're going through they'll be second cross lambs, will they? Uh, so this year's lambs, so selecting new lambs for for this coming year, which will be interesting because there's a lot more second cross ones, even a handful of third cross ones, and yeah, I'm pretty excited to go through them and see what you think. Yeah, no, looking forward to seeing that wool and seeing what they're doing. And so, obviously, I've got mating all the way through, or you land mating if you're an Australian listener. Um, that hasn't been impacted by the change. Uh, last year, it's hard to say whether it was uh, genetics or it was just a terrible year for trying to grow lambs. Uh, we only got about thirty percent of our sort of half breed, could have bred ewe lambs up to weight for the for the ram. Um, but I think this year will be a lot better. I think hoping more like 70 or 80% up to weight to the ram. So we weigh them all off at 40 kilos basically the day the ram goes out. Anything over 40 kilos will go to the ram. Anything under doesn't and just waits until the following year. Yeah, cool. So somewhere in that transition, you've got it increasingly addicted to breeding stuff the, um, and have, uh, have taken the plunge to. Start breeding a few few terminals, and um, and one of the people I managed to talk into bringing white suffix into New Zealand and having a crack with him. Yeah, yep. Uh, took the plunge and took your word for it. <laughs> Give it a go, but yeah, certainly just just seeing what data can do, and um, you, you, yeah, the, the amount of progress you can make with what's being recorded and kept an eye on. Um, and the white suffix sounded like a pretty good idea. I've always struggled with knowing what to use as a, a Holgate ram if you're using um, a terminal ram for Holgates. What the hell do you use? Nobody seemed to ever be able to answer that question. So the thing I liked about the white suffix was a, a really nice shape for, for lambing ease and uh, nice low birth weights, but then really rapid growth. Which is what Kiwis really need, I think, because seasons are short and variable, especially in the in the hill country. The season's pretty short. You just need to get lambs out of mum. Quite often the lamb done shepherded, so they need to be easy lambing and then just get up and grow. And so that's what I liked about the White Suffolk, and that's why we're giving it a nudge. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting and as we can it'll be hard to argue there's a more performance driven breed, terminal breed in the in the world, probably not done the world, but in terms of the bits of the world, I know that the white suffolk breeders in Australia are obviously fairly competitive on and very heavily data focused, and and as well as that shape you talk about, um, definitely 
gathered a lot of market share in Australia because of their their impact on on Lamborghinis and and I guess as different to New Zealand, they've been very careful to measure birth weight all the way through and not end up uh, pumping out birth weight or increasing birth weight as you go on for growth, which is um, obviously the greatest risk with in terminals and that's why we look at birth weight pretty hard in cattle. But, um, yeah, I think the, the beauty of the breed will be the, I guess, we're sort of leveraging the hard work from that's occurred in Australia over the last 30, 40 years on and white suffix and bring them in. Obviously, we were probably expecting a bit of, a bit of a transition, maybe in terms of how they handle. Again, I guess maybe feet worms. I mean, we are obviously going to select for low worm count types, but yeah, it'd be interesting how they adapt. If you've got you've got your first drop of lambs weaned, they are going yeah. okay so far. Yeah, yep. I'm quite excited uh, looking at some of the lambs. They've they've weaned really well. Some pretty pretty impressive growth rates. Um, I'll be interested to see how well they've carried that through after weaning. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're pretty cool sheep. Obviously, there's not a huge amount of white suffix in New Zealand at the moment. So, as a base to start from, I've bought uh, Pol Dorset ewes and Poltex ewes and a few other terminal ewes, and then we're AIing with semen from Australia. So a lot of a lot of the lambs that are on the ground this year are just uh, sort of half white suffix. I guess you'd call them a composite sort of a terminal, but it's just the way we have to do it in New Zealand. We'll just breed our way into it. Um, but, yeah, they're certainly pretty cool-looking sheep, and whenever I'm feeling a wee bit uh, sick of the day, I just go for a wee drive through the paddock at the moment, and it always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> they're pretty cool-looking lambs. Good good to have a group of sheep you can do that with, and I've only saw them a bit younger, and I haven't seen them in, uh, other than by photos and videos from you, but, yeah, now looking forward to Driving through that pack tomorrow, Wednesday, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, excellent, mate. So, I guess the future for future for the farm there is just keep transitioning towards the, the final wall and and have that terminal start and sell some some rams out of that terminal start as well. Yeah, pretty much. Just um, certainly as far as the commercial flock goes, we have there's nothing nothing's popped up saying wool, wool, wool back out of this. So we'll just keep heading forward and. Hopefully, bring our micron down eventually to sub twenty five in the ewes, which would be pretty exciting. As well as um, making sure we hang on to onto good scanning and lambing rates and and weaning weights. And uh, and yeah, the, the the studs just a bit of a fun project and a, another string to our bow, I guess. Yeah, excellent. All right, I'll let you get back to. Get back to Saturday morning, but yeah, thanks very much for for coming on, and having a chat. So uh, yeah, it's been been great working with you and the team there for the last few years, and just yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that transition's going. And it's awesome to have someone to have take the plunge properly and move away from from stronger wool and see what yeah, see how that rolls. I think it was pretty brave at the time. We I was you had some half Aussie bloke telling you some telling you that it would work, and and uh, glad that. So far, it has the, uh, and I think obviously the decade of of we're now a decade in since we sort of really cranked into the foot rot work, and I think we're all benefiting from that now. And the Rams, probably the Rams we had to buy three years ago, are going to be definitely not as good as the ones we can buy this year, and that's going to continue to go. So I think, yeah, probably having made that plunge early, you're going to be able to probably the first to reap the benefits of 
of what the sheep are doing now as well, which is going to be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, no, it's great to be a part of sort of the almost a new breed of sheep. It's um, quite exciting. And thanks very much for having me on. Excellent, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, cheers. Thanks again to our mates at Heinegger who are proud world leaders in the manufacturing and supply professional sheep shearing and clipping equipment. They understand that their customers rely on the quality and performance of their products each and every day. Also thanks to our friends at MSD Animal Health and Orflex. They offer an extensive livestock product portfolio focused on animal health and management, all backed up by exceptional service. Both of these companies are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries and we thank them for sponsoring the Head Shepherd Podcast.